authenticity is everything. You can write a love song. You can write a million love songs. But if you're not feeling the love, nobody will believe any one of those songs. And yet, if you are really feeling a love song and you sing a very, very simple message, then everybody on the planet will believe you. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with the one and only Martin Sutton. So Martin is a celebrity British songwriter, record producer, mixer, and a songwriting coach and mentor. He's written for artists worldwide, including Leanne Rimes, Celine Dion, Backstreet Boys, uh, just to name a few. And right now, you know, he has... You know, the last few years been you know building building a mentorship program for songwriting for helping musicians really dig into what is arguably the number one most important thing that dictates your success as a musician which is your art and your songwriting and you know itself so really excited to be able to connect with them today and be able to share some of the lessons he's learned from you know being able to, to write number one hit songs with so many different artists so uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today Absolute pleasure to be here. And just for clarity, because I know there are fact checkers out there, but I also like complete transparency. The Celine Dion thing, that was mixing orchestration credits. I'm still trying to get that cut with Celine, but she's in my list of credits for people I've worked with along the way. So but all of the rest of them, yeah. <laughs> wow, I mean, regardless, like super, super impressive. And, and thanks for the clarification. Yeah, we must've just pulled that as a list of credits since you did work on the on the project. Yeah. Cool. Your heart will go on and on. So uh, awesome. So I'd love to, I mean, gosh, we, we were just catching up kind of backstage and you know, it's been an incredible few years in terms of like digital on, like the world is for better or for worse. Like it's with the pandemic at the time of recording this, you know, we, we went through this transformation where there was a necessity to take things that we had been doing in person or live and bring it into the online world. And I know for you particularly, you know, you did so much in the form of mentorship for songwriters and doing live retreats. And now you've been able to kind of turn that and all that experience and wisdom that you had through the connections that you had made with the people in person and be able to kind of turn it into, you know, digital courses and education and mentorship for people online. Maybe you could start by just sharing in all of your experience now, both with the digital world and like the in-person world, what do you really see as like the the role of songwriting? Like, and what do you see when an artist is like kind of getting started in, in their career and they're looking at, you know, how, how can I, you know, take my passion and turn it into an actual career or something that I can do? And, and specifically how that relates to like songwriting. What are some of the, the mis misconceptions or mistakes that you see artists struggling with when they first come? Brilliant. Let me let me unpack it. There's a few different questions there. The 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 first thing you know about songwriting, the role of songwriting, is it, it's arguably the most crucial role in the music business because you can have the best singer in the world. You're you're Celine. Well, depending on your taste, you know, you're Celine, you're Rihanna, you're Miley whoever it is that you love listening to, but without a great song, they're just good voices, great voices even, but it's the song that really shows the voice and it's the voice that really dictates the, the furthering success of the song. But there was a, a dear friend of mine called Ralph Murphy, who's now passed, but he was a very, he was a real sort of pivotal character in, in ASCAP in America. And he used to describe the music business as an upside down pyramid. And he said, and you, you know, you've got your merchandise, you've got your record sales, you've got your touring, blah, 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 blah. You've got the streaming. And he said, and right at the bottom, the whole thing is balancing on a great song. Mm. The biggest misconception 
I would say that people have about songwriting is that it's just about expressing yourself and everything else will take care of itself. You know, I have so many people saying to me, yeah, but you know, you can't, you can't teach songwriting, you know, all, you know, all, the true songwriters just express themselves. Absolutely. Every song that I write, I express myself. There's got to be authenticity in there. There's got to be heart. There's got to be truth. There's got to be that, that, that portion of, of real down to earth, heart driven truth in every song that I write, but that's not enough. You've got to be able then to take it in a form that makes sense to you, but it then makes sense to everybody else that listens to it or as many people around the world that listen to it and makes sense to them so they can relate to it and when they relate to it, they'll listen all the way through it. And if they love it because they relate to it so well, then it will become a soundtrack to their lives. It will become part of that track soundtrack. I mean, you've probably got one, Michael, haven't you? A soundtrack, a playlist of the songs that, that have been pivotal in your life. Those milestone songs, when I got married, when I had my first child, when I met someone, when I lost someone. And you don't get those songs by accident. You know, occasionally there will be a song that comes out and everybody goes, wow, that's great. And you don't need to do much to it. The biggest misconception in songwriting is that one of I'll just write what I feel and let everything else fall where it where it does, you know, and I'll just leave the rest up to chance. Mm -hmm. You have to craft. You have to not settle on it because so many songwriters they know exactly what's going on in the song, but they forget to tell other people. And if you want someone to love your song, then you've got to enable them to be able to love it. Like if you're in a relationship or you are in a potential relationship with someone, you can't just stand there looking at someone going, thinking to yourself, well, I know how awesome I am. So surely they must know as well. You've got to start showing them your character. You've got to start saying things that, that have some kind of impact on their emotional state that, that cause an emotional response in them. And then if you do that enough of the time, they will fall in love with you. And a song is like an animate being, in my opinion. It's, it's you, you know, the more you in, indulge a song and the more it pulls you in, then the more you're able to engage with it and fall in love with it. And when people fall in love with songs, they'll do all of the work for you. They will tell everybody how amazing that song is. They'll phone up their friends and say, oh my God, have you heard that great song by dot, dot, dot. They'll be the ones that do so much of your marketing for you because it's a great song. So that for me is the key thing. It's, it's about, writing from you but for other people the caveat to this and forgive me banging on about it michael but the the caveat to this is that if you're creating art for art's sake and you really don't care what people think of your song great that's fine i applaud you i salute you put it under the bed put leave it on a hard drive do whatever you do with it but the moment an artist hangs a painting on a wall, he's seeking some kind of reaction, a desired reaction. He might want people to hate it. He might want people to be appalled by his painting. That's still a desired reaction that he wants from it. He might want, or she might want to, or they might want to have people love the painting. But the moment you hang it on a wall, if it's a painting or if it's a song, you play it to someone then you need to start considering the people that you're playing it to. And I've had so many people, particularly like when we put ads out sort of saying, Hey, this is what we do. Just going, Oh, this is all formulate bullshit. No, it's not. It's just understanding how people think, how people feel and enabling them to love our songs, enabling our songs to start talking to the people and showing them their character. So I hope that makes sense. It totally makes sense. <clears throat> Man, that's, that's super powerful. You know, it, it sounds like what you're saying is that, I mean, for, first of all, I want to just note that the idea of making music completely for yourself, while like, you know, there, there's certain, 
expression to that and healing from it. Maybe if it's like processing stuff and you don't necessarily have to share it with other people. Mm -hmm. It seems like our relationships with other people and the community that we build and the connections that we build with other people is what gives meaning to our life. And it's what makes music so special is like it brings people together and it creates community. And so if you're, you know, it sounds like one of the things you're saying is like that that's the approach you know to take is that it's about sharing your truth, but also it's about connecting with people and finding and be able to express that in a way that, that they can understand. The analogy oh, that came to mind. Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's so right. You know, you can love yourself and everybody should love themselves. But isn't love so much more powerful when you give it to someone else too? And, you know, the same with songs. Sharon Vaughan, one of our mentors, she's a Nashville Hall of Fame songwriter, had multiple, multiple hits with huge artists. She has a song that saved somebody's life. A woman was driving along the freeway and she'd lost her husband and, and was looking for an embankment to finish it all. And Sharon's song came on the radio. The woman heard the song, the lyric resonated, the song resonated with her so much that she pulled over into a lay-by, she cried for an hour, and then she turned around and went back home. And, and she, she met Sharon and her co-writer on a, on, a, on a cruise, which was like a songwriter's cruise, and told Sharon and her co-writer this, and they were like, wow. A year later, she came back on the same cruise and while Sharon and her co-writer sang the song acoustically at the rear end of the boat, the captain had opened the back of the boat and the woman scattered her husband's ashes mm. and petals. And th th this is a song that Sharon didn't know the woman when she wrote the song. She wrote the song. And as Sharon says, you know, when we send our songs out there, we don't own them anymore. We're giving them, we're gifting them to people. And this song saved this woman's life, saved her life. She then went, came back the following year as well with her new husband and she was a bereavement counselor. So she went on to save other people's lives. Now, how many other things can you do without meeting someone? You can have that impact on them. And why deny people that joy, that, freedom, that life that we give them with our music. Why would you even want to consider doing that? Because, because you're so maybe in some cases it's arrogance where you go, well, if they don't get it, it's their problem. Maybe so, but wouldn't it be so much better if they did get it? All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest-level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now and one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're gonna have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you wanna take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast for the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Holy cow. What a, what a powerful story. 
yeah, and it's, it does seem like music is sort of this unique ability to be able to transmit, you know, emotion and almost to be able to communicate in a language that transcends traditional language and to be able to save someone's life that you've never met across the world. Holy cow. So the, I mean, to, one of the analogies that comes to mind, because it sounds like really what you're describing here is not recommending that people, I don't know, that they sacrifice their integrity or their authenticity or write something that's not true for them in order to try to like, you know, appease the masses or, or try to like help. It, it's really, it sounds like what you're saying is you, you want to connect your truth, but be able to express it in the way that, that it helps, that resonates with the most people. And what comes to mind is that, you know, it's almost like learning, like being able to speak the language or speak a, a language that someone else speaks. Even if you had the most beautiful poem Right, if you're and it brought you to tears, it was the most magical poem that could save some that you know maybe could potentially save someone's life, but then you were saying it in a different language, then you, know, you might be in tears, but the person that, like you're trying to speak to, like they just they wouldn't get it, it just it wouldn't resonate, they wouldn't understand it, and so it seems like what you're talking about is like you're providing material to help people communicate the language of songwriting that allows them to take their truth and be able to present it in a way that actually resonates with with as many people as possible it is a language and you know there are there are certain things that we can psychological devices if you will that we can use when we are that we are talking to people when and talking to people in a conversation or through a song now for example and there are literally dozens of these devices that that we teach in our courses but the, the usage of silence, okay? Now, if somebody is delivering a monologue about something and they become very deliberate with their message and they leave the, those, those slightly awkward silences in there, what that does when we are listening to, to something like that it pulls us in. We don't back away. When there are those spaces, we're waiting for those spaces to be filled. Mm -hmm. And we lean into the, to the orator, okay? That's what we do when people are having a conversation. Just using silence in a song in terms of, I don't mean no music, I mean in terms of being quiet for a while where people might expect the lyric and melody to be just by having the confidence to leave space there actually makes people lean into our song as long as it's not too long um, and not too short. The perfect length, it makes people lean into our song and engage with it more. Now, that's nothing to do with music. That's to do with psychology. If we repeat something, we know that there's the old adage that repetition is a songwriter's best friend. And... I've had people say to me, yeah, well, that's pop, isn't it? It's like, well, how about sequential repetition, that is. So the same sequence of notes in a different place in the key, but it's repetition. Hmm. Now, why is repetition so powerful? If we want to learn a language, we don't just read a book once, uh, read, a, read the whole sort of like the, the vocabulary of that language once, read a few of the, the, the novels of that book, say all of the words once, and then we've suddenly got, we can suddenly say, well, that's Portuguese nailed then. What we do is, is we say it over and over and over again. This is how we learn any subject. We learn by repetition. So by that token, if we want somebody to walk away at the end of our song being able to sing it, and maybe wake up with it in their head. Wouldn't that be a lovely thing where they wake up listening to our song in their head? Then we have to teach them it. Okay, It's our duty to teach them. We can't just hope that they're going to remember it. And one of the ways that we teach them our song is through repetition. We find the, the hook in the song and we repeat it. Now, I know a lot of people that are listening to this may go, well, obviously you repeat a hook. But this is about understanding the psycholo psychology of a listener of a piece of music. 
when to use silence, when to use repetition, when to use a different placement within the bar, when to change the phrasing up, when to use a different form of syncopation, when to sing high, when to sing low, why it's important that we sing high and low and take them on a roller coaster instead of a instead of just a flat road and when it's okay to take them on a flat road all of these things are there is no formula for it you can't say well each song should have these elements in this order that's bollocks what it should actually have is something that is sympathetic to the message that you are trying to create you should have prosody in the song which is where the musical theme matches the lyrical theme or if it's the opposite to the lyrical theme where you have a, a sad lyric but a happy melody, you know why. And you've deliberately done the opposite of prosody. So all of these things are used when they are there to complement and be sympathetic to the message of the song, the theme of the song. Is it a big celebratory song? In which case it would be pretty useful to use these things. Is it a club song? where people are going to be dancing. They don't want a deep message. So simplicity is key because they just want something they can point at their friend and laugh and go and go, Hey, you're dancing over there. Something really, really basic because they don't want to be going in the club and going, isn't life just amazing when you're thinking about the darkest things on the planet and isn't the planet in a terrible state? You know, it's like they don't want that when they're having a great time, you know, so it's understanding people. It's understanding where music and people meet. And so I always describe songwriting as, as maths and love. You know, it's understanding the, the, the science behind music, but understanding that it's there to deliver a message of some kind that originates in your heart. And you're so right. Authenticity is everything. You can write a love song. You can write a million love songs but if you're not feeling the love nobody will believe any one of those songs and yet if you are really feeling a love song and you sing a very very simple message then everybody on the planet will believe you just look at dolly parton i will always love you and it's a heartbreaker an absolute heart it's just beautiful because it was real it's what she wrote for porter wagner you know she's leaving the show and you know that's the power of authenticity and so many people overlook that we're not looking to create clones of you know this song or that artist you know what everything that 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 is important to me is about enabling other people to be the best themselves that they can be and the truest to themselves as well and that's why i when i reach out and read books and i i watch videos that are about metaphysics and buddhism and psychology it's because i want to be a better me and i need the help of other people and i'm here to pass what i know in my area of, of speciality to other people as well i find it absolutely fascinating and i can talk for weeks as you've just realized <laughs> it's so good it's so good i mean I, I can dictate how well a conversation is going by the amount of times i get goosebumps as as i'm listening and i've gotten goosebumps several times as you've been speaking so i think that means that there's a lot of good there's a lot of truth truth in there oh, i mean what, what i love about what you're sharing is is that yeah i think it can be a challenge sometimes for for musicians to kind of know how to balance wanting to have commercial success while also wanting to be true to themselves and it sounds like like really the core message here is that you can do both and that it's sort of like starting with a big ice block that is you but then you can chip away at the ice block to create an even more compelling, beautiful, you know, image or, or version. But it's all you, and it's all there, and it's just about chipping that away to, to be able to communicate that. Yeah, the irony is, Michael, that that the people that chase the money first have the hardest job getting it. And you know, at the beginning of my sort of like career in earnest in the music business, 
I'd quit my job to be in the music business full time and I'd started off pretty green about everything. And I got a load of briefs coming in. I managed to make friends and get briefs of major artists that were looking for songs. And I failed on every one of them because I was just thinking, I'm going to write this song for Tina Turner. I'm going to write this song for Zach. And there was no authenticity there. And I was just trying to write what I thought people wanted to hear. Mm. I reached a point, maybe accidentally, where I just started writing songs that really resonated with me, that, that had that authenticity in it. And I stopped chasing the dollar. And started doing what I absolutely loved, but I still was using the techniques that I also knew would work, things that I had learned in years and years and years, decades now, three decades I've been doing it, but things that I've learned along the way where you go, I love that technique, that would really help in this song. Oh, I love that melodic, that little contour of the melody there. I'll use that kind of contour in this song. All of these things that you pick up along the way and you use them to craft something that, that you love to bits. And the irony of the music business is that if you do it for the right reasons, the money will far more likely follow if you do it for the right reasons. That doesn't mean that, it, that you, again, that you just do whatever you want and you leave it in the lap of the gods. You have to work at it. It's not easy. You have to craft your song and rewrite and not be afraid to rewrite it as many times as it takes. Pharrell rewriting Happy, something like 13 times, I think it was. But he made something ridiculous, like 20 million bucks off the song. You know, but you've got to be prepared to put in the work to do it. But focus on the art. Focus on the craft of it and the rest will follow. My only goal when I go into a co-write these days or any writing session, if I'm writing by myself or if I'm in a co-write with someone, my only goal is to write a song that I'm proud of. And I'll tell you why, because pretty much every session that I've ever had, where at the end of the session, I've said, I don't care what happens to this song, I'm always going to be proud of it. It's ended up being picked up by major label artist. It's nuts. And the ones where I thought, oh, yeah, this ticks all of the boxes. Absolute nothing. And, and, it, and it remains true to this day. My biggest successes have been the ones where I just, I've been cho choking up or dancing around the studio or feeling 10 foot tall and bulletproof, getting the feels for, for what I've created and thinking, oh, my God, my great grandkids are going to love this in 100 years time. That is what's important to me. And guess what? Those are the ones that are successful for me. So I'm sticking with that. You know, I, I advise I, I, none of the advice that I give or anybody else in the academy. I'm not holding a gun to anyone's head, but I can tell you that it's worked for me. Don't chase the dollar. Pursue the art. Pursue your curiosity of it and make it the very, very best it can be. And watch what happens. Hmm. Super powerful. I love that. So uh, yeah, w w one question I would love to get your, get your perspective on now that, like you mentioned, over three decades of experience, you're working with songwriters on a variety of different experience levels, right? From complete beginners to people who are, you know, multi-platinum number one hit songwriters. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, if you could sort of pers personify these two different songwriters. And like on one hand, you have someone who's a totally green, starting out fresh and sort of embodies like the, the, all of the, the mistakes that, that you see like artists struggling with when it comes to songwriting versus, you know, the number one hit songwriters and the, the people who are really like fully embodying their craft and are really like plugged in. I'd love to hear just like a little bit about what do you think? are the major things that you notice as like reoccurring patterns or archetypes with those two different types of songwriters? Like what, for someone who's starting out is completely fresh, when it comes to like, if you're listening to their song, what are a few common mistakes or things that you think that would come up naturally versus, you know, if you're sitting down listening to a song from someone who is at the top of, top of their, um, what kind of stands out? I think I can sum this up in one four letter word, which is care. 
Mm. I and all of the all of the many many hit songwriters that we have as coaches in the in the academy and all of my friends that are hit songwriters outside of the academy that I've worked with it's that duty of care for the song I used to use an expression serve the song everything you should do should serve your song serve the song and not your ego you know so you don't just go oh yeah I'm pretty awesome that that should be fine it's like no you look at the song and you serve the song I've changed it recently to honor the song honor it get down on your bloody knees and honor that song build it up until it's the very very best it can be and that only happens if you care enough about it mm. not about yourself about the song like i say for me they're 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 living beings that's how they feel to me it's like they they have character they have life they feel real to me and this is like honoring honoring them with the the biggest love that you can possibly find and and i know that sounds sort of very soft and fluffy but every hit songwriter that i've worked with we will sit there and we will write we will talk about the idea we'll care about the idea we'll then put the rough shape of the song down and then we'll care enough to go in and then make it better and then better and better you mentioned a block of ice earlier I, I often talk about a song creating a song is like a sculpture you start with a block of stone and instead of sort of seeking perfection straight away trying to carve one perfect eye you know like it's like trying to get the first line of your song perfect before you can move on it's like mm -hmm. just knock the rough shape out first mm -hmm. But then care enough to say, well, you know, yeah, it's the dimensions of a person, but okay, let's, let's get some limbs on it now. And now let's go in and get some fingers and elbows and, and some facial features. Now let's go in and get the lips and the earlobes and the fingernails. And now let's get the skin tone and, and the eyelashes. And you just keep going in, keep going in, keep going in, standing back, coming back to it another day, looking at it and going, yeah, let me just have a look at this and just polishing one little bit here or there and making it the best. And honestly, I think the the biggest disparity between newcomers, emerging songwriters and people that have been doing it a long time is is the the amount of care that's given to it. And in defense, sometimes it's impatience. You know, a new songwriter might go, oh, this is great. I love it. But it's it's here. They're like, I can't see my hand. Where is where's my hand? And it's right, you know, because they're so close to it. They they can't be objective about it or they may not want to be because they're so pleased because they've made a this little music baby, but they don't realize that it's it's an ugly baby. <laughs> you know? I'm a bad person. I'm going straight to hell for that one. But but, but you know, people don't realize that they, they haven't they can't be objective about it. So the care is one thing, but I will say this that being an emerging a new songwriter does not mean that you can't do what somebody with 30 years in the, in the business can do it doesn't mean that at all it's not something that is like some kind of secret alchemy and it's it's not a magic formula what it is is it's the combination of of the right feelings at the right time and an expression at the right time and empathy with each other in a room or empathy with a listener and just and 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 care like i say you know i've i've written songs with some of the biggest songwriters in the world and some of them have been assholes and and been horrible to work with and and i that's not why i'm in it i've also written and the songs that the songs have been nothing i felt nothing at the end of the session nothing but conversely i've i've been in writing sessions we we, we hold these slight tangent here but we, we hold these songwriting retreats in spain where we i rent an entire village and fill it with 
30 songwriters and the coaches actually write with the the students for a whole day you know so every student gets to write with a coach for a whole day and but we're not there giving lessons as coaches we're just right trying doing our best to write a hit song some of my favorite songs and the songs i'm most proud of have been written with complete newbies on the retreat because they're with the right attitude that they have and that attitude of care the attitude of patience the attitude of empathy and desire passion to write something fantastic that can take you way further than years of experience can much, much further. You, too many embittered songwriters that have been in the game too long and don't care anymore. But I love the new songwriters that are passionate about what they're doing and songs that have literally had me and the other coaches in tears at the retreats because they've, they've worked and, you know, the, these newbies have come in with with ideas. They've come in with with the perfect attitude and willing to have the conversation first and and find out what we're all feeling before we jump into a song and all of those things that go to make up a great song. So honestly, I've written some of my favorite songs with complete newbies and I never I would never put them on a different level to established hit songwriters because as in any walk of life you get some gorgeous people and you get some assholes and and they both occur at both ends of the spectrum but the gorgeous i'd much rather have a gorgeous beginner at songwriting than somebody that's not so pleasant that's a hit songwriter frankly hmm. oh man there's so much uh, so much good stuff in there and and I think it's a really encouraging message for for songwriters to be able to understand that it's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily that they need to be a you know a number one multi platinum songwriter in order to be successful. That you can start like right where you're at, and that the differentiator is like you said, it's it's caring. And I want to like speak to that real quick too because that idea of caring, I hope that that lands with people and they understand that like you know that that idea it's not just sort of like a airy fairy, like, like, Oh, like, you know, like it's a care. It's not like a <clears throat> ambiguous thing. Like there's a real tangible, like caring. And what it reminds me of is, yeah, this like broke my heart open and in, in the best way last week, I attended a mastermind group with one of my mentors and he brought in, a guy named Dean Graziozzi, who was like a good friend of his, and he's in the middle of doing a launch with Tony Robbins, and they're just breaking down like this millions and millions of people who had registered for this launch and you know, and their systems, and you know everyone's asking questions about how it works, and there's a moment where he just kind of paused and he said, you know, like all this stuff we're talking about, this marketing, like get like geeky techie stuff, is is really cool, and I, I geek out about this, I love this. But like the number one thing, the number one reason for Tony's success and for our, you know, for the growth of these launches is that is the amount of caring. It's the amount of caring that Tony that puts this and we put it in this. And he, he said, gosh, it was almost like an offhand comment, but he said something like, you know, you have the ability, no matter how much you care about your community, no matter how much, how much you care about the people around you, you have the capacity within you to care 10 times more. And gosh, there, there's something that just kind of like clicked with that, that, that made me feel emotional because, you know, as it relates to modern musician and our, our music community, like I, I care so much about, about the community already. And, and the idea that no matter how much you care, like there is the, the capacity to be able to care 10 times more and go deeper into that, that heart is so powerful. And that in the last part that, that, that I'll share as it relates like to caring was another one of my mentors, someone named Eben Pagan told this, tells a story about when he met Steve Jobs and he had the opportunity to ask him a question after one of his, his presentations. And basically he asked Steve Jobs, like if there's one thing that you had to like to attribute to the success of, of Apple and, and yourself, like what, what would it be? And you know, Steve Jobs 
paused for a second and he like kind of cocked his head and he's like, yeah, I think like you just really have to care. Like, I think, it, I think it's, it's caring. It, he talks about how he, after he heard that for a moment, he kind of was like, like, really? Like, that's it? Caring? <laughs> and then as he sort of digested it and reflected on it, like he realized that that's, that's true. Like that, that's, that's really like the ultimate root of their success and, and really almost like, like humanity itself. Right. And what you talked about looping back to the beginning of the conversation around like writing, not just for yourself, but about doing it for other people in the community and the connection, you know, that's, that's what caring is. Right. So I just wanted to kind of, to, to honor what you just said about caring and, and hopefully that, you know, that lands for people and that's something you can kind of, you can actually connect with is that, that realization that the more you care about the art and the more that you care about providing value for other people in the form of, you know, expressing your art, the, the more connected you're going to be and, and the more success that you'll have long-term. Yeah, it's so, so true. I remember Steve Jobs saying that he just, he, he said, I just wanted to leave a dink in the universe and which I loved that, you know, and it's, for me, songwriting is very much like that. It's, you know, I, I want to be able to leave behind something special. Um, that people listen to in 100, 200, 500 years time, they can listen to it and feel like they know me. And particularly, you know, my relatives, my ancestors, ancestors, the other way around, whatever it is that goes later. But, but yeah, that I, I really want to be able to do something that I'm proud of, but delivers something that, that leaves the world a better place and you don't just do that by chipping a few bits out of a block of stone you know you make you, you make the venus de milo if you can it's and it's a simple concept it's a really simple concept but a lot of people care more about themselves and about the success than they do about the art get the art right first you've got to look after yourself and you do have to love yourself and care about yourself but You've got to get the art right first, and then everything else will fall into place far, far easier and far, far quicker if you get the art right first. It's got to have enough of you in it, but able to reach out to other people, as I mentioned earlier. Awesome. Love it. One, one final question I would love to run by you is as it relates to um, songwriting with other people and co-writing songs, because it seems like when you look at most of the top songs nowadays and like throughout time, that it's rare that it was just one person. You know, it happens, but it seems like much, much more often, especially nowadays, it's really a collaborative effort between multiple different songwriters coming together to create something new. So I'd love to hear you speak a little bit to that, to the art of co-writing. And for anyone here who maybe doesn't have a ton of experience with co-writing, you know, where, where do they get started with developing that, that community? Okay. The first thing to do is learn how not to be a dick. It's, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, I've always said co-writing is like 85%. This, this is my sort of arbitrary numbers that I've assigned to it, but 85% social interaction and 15% music. It's how you are with each other. I love collaboration. I still write songs by myself. I still had songs released that I've written by myself. Very proud of them, but I love collaborating. I love co-writing with people because for so many reasons, it's made me a better writer because I've learned things about songwriting that I didn't even know existed. I've learned techniques and I've developed ability in other genres that I previously didn't have and I probably wouldn't have had had I not worked with somebody that was an expert in that genre. So it's enabled me to really diversify with my with my skill set of writing. But I love the experience, Michael. You know, they when someone says, okay, what's the first thing you do in a collaboration? You know, what comes first, the lyrics or the music? The first thing that comes is the conversation. So, you know, if you and I were sitting in a room and, you know, we'd been assigned to write together, then it would be, I'd, I would not pick up a guitar. I would discourage anybody else from picking up a guitar or a keyboard or start singing stuff or going through their list of ideas. And I would just go, let's have a cup of tea and get some cookies out. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? 
mm-hmm. you know, and talk about life stuff because I guarantee that I, you, anybody can talk to a complete stranger for 20 minutes. And at some point, if you ask enough questions, instead of just talking about yourself, if you ask enough questions of each other, then at some point you will go, wow, that happened to you too. Oh, wow. Wasn't that either awful or amazing or blah, 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 blah. And you, and, and you both have a simultaneous emotional response to something you know you're talking about getting the goosebumps earlier that moment where you go oh you're feeling that too right that thing you know and and that's that's what i crave that's what i search for i long for in a collaboration where you have that moment you go oh yes we should oh you're feeling that too oh i'm feeling it too and you get this right now we've got a theme and and then start like i say just knocking a few bits out of the bit of stone and not putting too much pressure on yourself or each other to to write a hit song forget that forget that just try and work out what it is that you want to say first you know one of the things that i've said for years about songwriting people overcomplicate it it's two things the first thing is knowing what you want to say and the second thing is saying that but with music that's it so work out what the hell you want to say and and then work out between you how you're going to say it with music it's as simple as that and then no this is not dumbing it down what it's doing is simplifying the process to make your songs accessible by other people and the key i mean i could talk about collaboration for weeks and weeks and weeks but the key points are never say no you know always try and say yes and when an idea comes up because then first of all you don't have the right to be an executive decision maker in a collaboration nobody does because there is no right or wrong everything is just a maybe well let's see it could be what about why not you know it's it they're they're all questions nobody nobody knows what's right or wrong in a song so it's yes and it could be this even if you don't particularly like what someone suggested yeah let's put it down because it doesn't mean you have to make a decision there and then people rush in they're impatient chill out you can decide in a couple of weeks time if you've you've got that long about whether that line could be bettered or not so yes and respect each other hold each other's ability with the highest regard even if you don't know that person even if they're a complete beginner hold their ability and their contribution to the session with the highest regard because if you don't they may clam up be quiet and not deliver the line that could be your next number one single okay so you allow everything through you allow everything out of yourself. You unzip your chest and just go, here I am. Here's all my stuff. And the sooner you show your vulnerability in a collaboration, guess what? Everybody else in the room does too. It's like if you're in a group of people, and this is just an analogy, if you're in a group of people, of 10 people, and you go, you know what? I really suffer from anxiety from time to time. Do you know the amount of people that had never said anything about it before in that room that will go, oh, thank God, me too, mm. right? Yeah, you know, 40% of the population suffers from anxiety, but very few, 40% don't talk about it. Mm. So the sooner you show your vulnerability and your openness and your honesty in a, in a collaboration, the sooner everybody else goes, Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, you've, you've suddenly broken down all of those barriers and the, should I say this or not? All of that kind of stuff. So be vulnerable, be open, be honest, be patient, listen to people, but listen with the intent to understand, not with the intention of replying. Mm. So many people will just like, They'll wait patiently and then they'll go, oh, yeah, thanks very much. You know, but it's like, listen with the intention of understanding what someone's really driving at. Take time. There's no rush. Take time to really listen to people's ideas and respect everybody. And yes, and and if you go in, and you know what? 
be positive at all times. And if you go in and you're a great hang and you're, you're good at having a conversation with people and you're open and you're pleasant, then it's going to be a good collaboration. Will you write a hit song? No idea. But it'll be a damn good day. And the chances are those people will say, let's do this again. Or they may say, oh, I've got my hit songwriter friend, Joe Q Public over there. You should work with them. You two would get on great. And suddenly you're building your network just by not being a dick, by being a decent person, having an open, honest conversation with people. That's where the gold is in the honesty. And we're actually, you know, I told you we do the retreats where where it's all about collaboration, but we've just launched our song camps, but they're with a difference they're, they're the right like a pro song camps it's a one day online thing but they're guided by the coaches which means that we give them live briefs at the beginning of the day but we go into the session the coach will go into the the writing session during the day make sure everybody is playing nicely but also give them guidance on the song give them feedback at the end of the session as well on the song and we pitch the song as well but the whole point of this is to is to encourage more people around the world to collaborate with each other because the benefits of collaboration aren't just, well, we finished a song. It's the fact that you will learn more skills. You will develop better relationships with people. Your social skills will improve. Your listening skills will improve. So I believe it's made me a better person collaborating with other people, but also you'll build a network of people in the music business. And that's, you know, very similar to you, you know, with the Songwriting Academy, we're building this global community of decent people that want, that are passionate about writing great songs. So, so that's the goal of it really to sort of really get people to embrace collaboration and, and work brilliantly together and get great results at the end of it too. So I'm like super stoked about that because that's really what I'm passionate about. Hmm. So cool. Yeah, you know, it's I which official study documented this. It's probably been a few studies now, but it's something that's always stuck with me is that when people are interviewed about what about whether they're fulfilled or happy or they're anxious or depressed and you just look at these you know different indicators of someone's general life fulfillment that consistently the thing that ranks top the very top of the list more than anything else you know it's not how much money they're making up to a certain point like you know money really becomes not a big factor at all it's not necessarily how successful they are or famous you know they are but like the number one thing that dictated whether someone was happy and fulfilled was their relationships and their community and so much of what you're saying is you know it sounds like it's speaking to that that you know co-writing it's about really the relationships and the community and, and connecting and that you know ultimately that's the part of what gives life its juice is you know being able to, to enjoy having relationships and conversations and this you know creative expression together and what a cool what a cool opportunity that that you've created the space that that you've created to empower people to, to allow them to kind of to connect with each other super cool so to get ready to, to wrap things up for today one i just want to thank you again for taking the time to be here i love having conversations like this you know it's three decades plus in, in the making and so i can i, I feel like everything you're saying is just sort of oozing with songwriting wisdom it's almost like gosh i don't even yeah you know, there's one there's always like a i think the beginner or kind of like the maybe the person who hasn't achieved mastery is always kind of like oh like here's a hack or here's a tactic or a technique and those things are true and they're cool but like the masters they always come back to the heart and the root and like they have this grounded nature to them so i hugely appreciate you you bringing that and I wanted to ask if you could share a little bit more details about, you've talked briefly about really what you do with Songwriting Academy and the, the community that you've built around co-writing and songwriting. Maybe you could share for, for anyone that's listening to this right now who has resonated with the conversation and they're you know, interested in digging into their own craft and learning how to write songs better, how to co-write with other. Could you share a few of the different resources that you have available for, for songwriters to be able to, to hone their craft? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've been eight years in the making with the Songwriting Academy. You know, it started off as just a, an idea. I'd scratched on the back of a napkin kind of thing, and it turned into this global network of connected people, as you were saying. And in those eight years, we've amassed a lot of resources and we've amassed an amazing team of coaches as well. What, what we pride ourselves on is treating people as individuals. There are numerous universities, colleges, etc., that will have a fixed syllabus for songwriting or a fixed syllabus for production or whatever it may be. But what I've noticed in the, the decades I've been doing this is that I've never met two people who were at exactly the same point in their career and need the same advice at the same time. You know, there are things that I can show people at the same time and they'll all go, oh, that's pretty cool. But in terms of ongoing learning and betterment, it's important that everybody is, is recognized as an individual. So some people will come to the academy and they have never written a song before but they've always wanted to. It's always been their heart's desire. One woman that came to us some years ago was a two times breast cancer survivor. She'd always loved music and she'd always put it to one side. And after two very life-affirming situations in, in her time, she said, I didn't want to put it off any longer. And she joined us and three months later, the first song that she'd written was being performed on the stage of a West End theater in London by a huge jazz singer called Leanne Carroll. And and it was it was surreal for her and beautiful for me. It was like absolute tear-jerking moment for me because she had achieved it. She'd realized what she was put here to do. And she told me as much. She said, I've realized what I want to do for the rest of my life now. So some people will come in with that dream of writing their very first song. Some people have sold a million records and they want to pursue a new path of the, the music business. So our job is to look at people as individuals, look at where they're at right now and where they want to be. And by having that thing called conversation and actually <laughs> interacting with people and saying, you know, what is it that you want? And then we can start to map out a path for them to say, well, okay, these are the sort of steps that you want to take. Now, there is no fixed path because the music business is a crazy one where different opportunities will swing across your path at time to time and knock you completely in another direction. You go, okay, this is cool. But our job is to try and keep people as laser focused as possible on what their goal is and shift and move them through it. So we do that by one-to-one -one mentoring, by giving song appraisals. The mentors and the coaches are... We've got the most successful music faculty on the face of the planet. We've sold over a billion records between us. Um, we've got Grammy winners, Emmy winners, Ivan Novello winners, you name it. And right through from producers to songwriters to music business experts, social media experts, mindset coaches right across the board. And they're all still currently active in the music business, which is super important. So we're guiding people on their journeys with the very best coach. But along the way, we've also managed to film over 500 hours of masterclasses, seminars, webinars, coaching programs, you name it. So we've got that as a huge resource for people to jump into. We still do a lot of live workshops, like every week we have a live workshop. So we've got subscription models where people at a very low rate can just join us and, and get a weekly work, live workshop that they can attend. And in the same month of having four of those, they can have two networking events that we put on as well, where they meet other people and they have options then to, if they want to get additional mentoring and appraisals, on their songs then they can do that we've essentially got a team of people that can advise people in every capacity and students can now dive in at a very very affordable base level right up to doing an elite program with us for a year with constant constant guidance as well as focused days on just on them and their career so it's it's a wide array of of resources that we've got and everything is based just like on songwriting, it's based on care. We give a shit. We care about 
people succeeding and the mentors go above and beyond what they do to help people get to where they want to be. It's, it's a remarkable thing. And it's, I, I, I get quite emotional <laughs> talking about it because I never knew this was coming when I first wrote the idea down on the back of a napkin. It's so cool, man. What, what an awesome resource and community to be able to plug into. So based on the fact that, like you mentioned, everyone's at a different place in their life and their songwriting path. So there not, might not necessarily be a one size fits all solution, but if someone's listening to this or watching this right now and they're, you know, they want to kind of get started or take the next step, would you recommend that they just go to your website and kind of go from there? Or do you have a starting point that you recommend that everyone kind of gets started there? Or, or what do you recommend there? Yeah, I'd recommend going to the website, which is the songwritingacademy.co.uk. I'm sure you'll drop the link somewhere. So go to the Songwriting Academy website. You can contact us if you just literally just email help at the songwritingacademy.co.uk. Um, I've got an amazing team of staff as well that, that love what they do, and they'll be able to guide people on. In fact, we've got this whole new array of courses that are kicking off in February of this year, 23, that, that we're bringing in. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff that isn't on the site yet, but is literally prepped and ready to go. But I just want to say one last thing, if I may, not about the academy, just more about people. Mm. I've seen so many people that come into it in the early years of their life, that come into it maybe after they've had kids, and done the job thing for a while and they sort of come back to themselves and even people that come back to it in their 70s we're, we're coaching people in their 70s right now and 17 year old we've got one person who's i think 76 or 77 and loving what we do and they're doing really great work if you have a passion for music and you believe that it's what you were put here to do don't put it off i've recently last year i wrote a song with one of my coach one of the coaches in the academy amazing songwriter called andrew rollins who's had nine songs on the nashville tv series and he's an emmy award winner and i was thinking about my kids one day when i saw an instagram reel of jay shetty talking about the buddha when he said someone asked the buddha what's the biggest mistake people make and the buddha replied the biggest mistake you think you have time and this caused such an incredible emotional response in me that i sat at the piano and started writing something for my kids i got to a certain point i thought i would really love to bring andrew in on this because he'll add something to the song so we wrote the song together and even then we had a moment where we weren't quite sure about something and so my partner who's also a great singer and songwriter we asked her and she sort of said oh you know maybe it's this and the second verse we went, that's it so she was then involved in the song as well every time i've played that song people have wept not because it's a sad song but because it's a song of hope and i have never put things off in my life my dad died when I was 25 and he didn't get to achieve his dreams. And that stuck with me. It's like, I know that we don't have the time that we think we have. And I want to encourage everybody to make the most of what they believe is their purpose in being here. That's the foundation of everything that the Academy stands for. The song has such an effect. I played it at the retreat. One of the coaches that that was on stage with me at the time who'd written Celine Dion's latest hit song was in floods of tears. The other coach who's just written Drake's one of Drake's recent just disappeared after the gig, after the, we'd done this little mini concert for everybody, he disappeared. And I caught up with him the next morning. I said, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. He said, after you sang that song, he said, I had to go and phone my son. that's why we do what we do that's why we do it and i encourage everybody whether it's with the academy or not if you love music and you think you were put here to do it no matter what age age has no bearing on it whatsoever nothing has any culture genre you nothing has any bearing on it if it's in your heart just bloody do it just do it 
Oh, holy cow, man. <laughs> Getting me emotional as I listen to this. Such a powerful message. Th- thank you for for sharing that and embodying that both as a songwriter and you know, in, the, in the community that you're building and what you're empowering artists to. Very, very cool. So thank you again for taking the time to be here and be able to share you know, some of the lessons that, that you've learned, to be able to share your heart. And for anyone that's listening to this or watching this right now who you know, is interested in exploring more, we're definitely going to put the links to everything in the show notes so you can click on that, go to the website. And I would highly encourage you to, if you resonated with any of this, to go go check it out because I, I really do think that you know, songwriting is really at the core of the value that you provide as a musician. And like any of the marketing stuff that that you know, that you learn, which I, I think is incredibly important, I'm just really just about you know bringing this core, bringing this heart, bringing this message, and, and sending it to people. And so you do need to you need to have that core, you need to have that heart. And yeah, I think it's one of the most valuable you know investments of time and energy that you can make in your music and in your craft. So, Martin, thanks so much for for taking the time to be here, and looking forward to talking again soon. Thanks so much, man. I love that. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.